welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything's great. Um, today is the 21st of February. And um, yeah, the second month of the year is almost about to come to an end. A very important month for us in Nigeria, but that's not what I'm going to talk about this morning. As I get started on Nigerian politics, I just go off on a tangent. But what I'm musing about this morning is how much, how complete the Bible is. And how I find, you know, answers to my life's problems. You know, little questions that I have in my heart and in my life at every given point in time. The The Bible is my compass. It's actually my guide. God uses it to teach me. And I remember listening to Tim McKee in the BibleProject.com saying, you know, something that which I thought was really profound. And he said that when you read the Bible enough, it gets to a time when the Bible begins to read you. And I found that so profound because it's true. And when the Bible begins to read you, what happens is he begi- the Bible then begins to write footnotes in the story of your life. He adds its own footnotes. So it takes verses and passages from the Bible and illustrates it through your life. So it then becomes easy for you to live out the word of God because it's no longer something outside of you. It is now inside of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So how do these moments come to me? They come to me when at times when I'm going through something, I'm reflecting on something, I'm musing on something, I am, you know, going through all this questioning in my mind, and then all of a sudden, a verse of scripture comes up and provides illumination, speaks to my moment as though the, the author of those words, whoever wrote those words, was thinking about me as of the time they wrote it. When those kind of things happen, you know that the Bible is beginning to read you. It has now become, it's no longer words on a paper. And you know, Um, because I'm in Bible school right now, I'm reading a lot of um, theological books. And I notice that some people are very academic about how they approach the gospel. And when I see them questioning this, questioning that, I'm like, wow. You know, because the Bible, the Word of God has to be experienced. It is not like what you read when you read like a biology book or a physics book. You know, all those other books, you can read them and not necessarily experience it. You can read about about diseases, about cancer, or about conditions, and not experience it. But you gain academic knowledge, you gain intellectual knowledge, and you are able to, you know, maybe advise people, speak on it, but you don't have experiential knowledge. The Bible cannot be that way. The Bible, you have to experience it. The Bible cannot be something that, you know, you're just reading like a textbook, but you're not experiencing the words on the pages. Then you're not reading (laughs) If that is where we stop our Bible reading, then we are, we are it's incomplete. And I, and I realize now that that's the difference between, you know, people who are really, really in a relationship with God and those who are outside looking in. But they think that because they are outside looking in and they're seeing other people, they're seeing what's going on in the house, that they're actually part of what's going on in the house. 
I think a lot of us are outside looking in. That's what I am beginning to find. There are a lot of people who are around faith circles, but they're not really in the faith. You know, they're not they're not experiencing the they're not in the faith. And um, many years ago, I used to wonder when Jesus would say, you know, these people they worship me with their lips, their hearts is far from me. Why do you? You know, say you love me, yet you do not do the things that I say. You know, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. I used to really wonder about those very contrary statements. But I think now I understand it a little bit more. Because the word of God, if it's only on the pages of books, if it's just theoretical, if it's written like something that was written for others or for everybody, but not personally for you, then yeah, I'm not yet there. If that's how it is for me, then I'm not there. If that's how it is for you, we are not there. If that's how it is for us, we're not there yet. So anyway, I had one of these Bible reading moments where the Bible began to read me when I went back to my one of my favorite scriptures and I have a whole basket of them. This one I don't come to very often, but whenever Lord sends it to me, it's when he needs me to do what is written here. So this is Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Um, verse three, I read from verse 13 where um, Paul speaking to the church in Philippi he says brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus let us there for as many as be perfect be thus minded and if in anything be, you be otherwise minded God shall reveal even this unto you. So Paul was talking about, you know, said that you know he was talking to the church and talking to them about the power of the resurrection. He's, he's, he had actually before then says, "My prayer is that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death." You know, and he says, "If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead," and he says, "I'm not speaking as though I've already attained, or or as though I'm already perfect." But I follow after. So he was talking about his lifelong quest to achieve perfection in Christ. And he says, I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Talking about perfection in Christ, perfection in righteousness and holiness, in service and obedience to the Lord, in worship to his name. And he says, brother, I do not, looking at doing my own self-assessment, I do not count myself. I do not evaluate or I have not assessed myself as having been you know, attain, but there is one thing that I do. When people who you are, you know, when your mentor or anybody that you admire in a spiritual or a physical sense tells you this one thing I do, you need to pay a lot of attention. In fact, whenever someone that is a teacher uses that word, what they're teaching you, what they're telling you is there are many things I do, but this one thing is a key performance indicator is a critical success factor for me it makes a significant difference in terms of how i show up how i you know how the power of god manifests in my life how i am able to do the things that i need to do my efficiency everything rests on this one thing is to get your attention when they say that 
He says, I forget those things which are behind. And you think that he was going to say something like, okay, this one thing I do, I pray, I fast. He said, no, I forget the things that have gone before, behind me. Whether successes, failures, disobedience, sin, whatever, good and bad, I put it behind me. And I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling. Now, this is very important, I think, for me and for anybody working with God because God never returns us back to where we're coming from. If you look at the lives of the people in the Old Testament, whether even Peter and everybody, whenever he called them out, he never took them back. When he called Peter, you know, all this, he never he doesn't take you back to where he has called you out from. So when the Lord separates you, and I'm, this is me talking to myself, when the Lord separates you from a relationship, from a place, from a location, do not seek to be joined back to it. No matter how much emotionally invested you are or you have been or how much you think that relationship was a part of who you were, it is no longer relevant to where the Lord is taking you. And of course, like I said, I'm speaking to myself. This does not apply to everybody. But what the this scripture is saying is, whatever is in your past, leave it there. It's not possible to press forward. And I'm speaking, this is amusing for me because you know, like when they say, Lord's wife, do not look back. I have the tendency to look back. Not on everything. There's some things that I have, God has separated me from. I have not looked back. As in, I have not even looked back at all. For instance, when I changed, um, when he took me out of my, where I was working before, I have not looked back. Not only that I have not looked back, I have not had reason to look back. In fact, in fact, there was even no opportunity for me to look back. But in relationships particularly that God separates me from, that God has revealed to me, I think that's where I struggle the most. And that's why I use that as an example. When he separates me from places, it's not a big deal really for me. I move on. In fact, I move on so seriously that I forget everything associated with that place. In fact, I'm very good at moving on from places, from situations. When I live in, in, you know, I ah, I move on. I so move on. But I think I've struggled more with relationships. And um, it's more, it's where it's, and I think the same thing happened with Abraham. When Jesus said, when, when God told him, leave your family and go into a place that will show you, leave your kindred. But Abraham still took along one person with him that ended up being a thorn in his flesh. But the question we must ask is, why would God say leave your kindred? Now, if Abraham did not leave his kindred, is it possible that he would have achieved what the Lord, he would have become the father of promise? Why did he have to leave? And this is not necessarily about leaving the kindred. It's really about going in the direction of where God is, is sending you. For me, I think where I'm, I struggle with is I do not realize that 
there are some things that cannot follow you on that journey. And when it is clear, when there is a separation, as in the Lord has separated you, don't go and join yourself back. Shola, are you listening? There's a reason why God is leaving, is separating you. There is a reason. So I had an experience, I can't share too much in detail, but let's just say that. And, you know, again, let's just say, okay, the Lord had more or less revealed to me a particular relationship that needed to be reordered. And I have been going through the process of reordering that relationship by His grace. And when I reordered it, look, I had the kind of peace that I didn't even know existed in this world. I had focus, I had clarity. you know the sentiments of oh you know this person oh you know out of concern and okay I hope they I started you know but within that period I tried to in thinking that I could you know I tried to how would I say just I don't know the way the kind of how would I say disorientation disorientation that it brought back into my spiritual space it was this morning the Lord just said to me what you've been feeling all these few days is because of this so this person that you you can't you know light and darkness does not mix this person there's just stuff going on you you can't you can't be in this relationship. So, um, I think I, I, my, my greatest, um, struggle is that I hear God. I obey, but I struggle sometimes with continuing to obey, if you know what I mean. I struggle. So this Philippians 3 is actually speaking to me. Because sometimes I have a tendency to go back to that which I shouldn't go back to. You know, I have that tendency. At least, you know. Sometimes I make a clean break. And I'm, like I said, I'm excellent at that in certain contexts. Particularly when I change location. I'm, oh Lord, I, in fact, I, I shock myself. I forget every, I, oh, I move on. I wish I could be that clinical. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask God for his wisdom on, you know, how to, because when Paul tells you here, and, and I think I need to meditate a whole lot more on this and allow the Lord to explain this to me in my own context, which is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, to read the Word of God, to believe that it is the Word of God, but then to interpret it in, your, in the context of your own life and apply it, it's two different things. There's the reason why we have a lot of people who have university degrees, head knowledge, the ability to apply. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different skill. The head knowledge is important, but the application, oh wow, it's, it's a mixture of so many things, intuition, wisdom, adapti- um, uh, adaptability, flexibility, ability to shift your thinking and modify, innovative thinking, your critical thinking, problem solving, so much, sensing, contextualization, you know, there's so much that goes into application in the real world that is different from the theory. 
So that application of the word of God in your own life, in my life, is only the Holy Spirit that can help me. Because what the Bible says and how I fit that into my own context. And I think that's why a lot of people look at the Bible and they feel it's outdated and all that. Because without the Holy Spirit, the words don't make, may not make sense in your life. They may not make sense. The Holy Spirit is the bridge that actually, you know, helps us carry the word and retrofit it into our life. So, the sense I'm just getting with this is, and if I look at the life of Paul, Paul was very clinical. I mean, for someone to say he forgets the past, <laughs> you know what it means to forget the past. That means everything that had to do with anything that is not relevant to my present forward. I, yeah, and I think that's it. Because in this case, this relationship that I'm talking about, not only that is not relevant to my present forward, it is a weight, as in the, 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 the person is vested in making sure that they stand in the way of what God is asking me to do in my life. And I have allowed it for a long time because I didn't realize that that was the motive. I thought it was just, you know, maybe difference uh, in terms of how, how we see worldview, generational difference and all that. I didn't realize it was something much deeper than that. But this one week or so in which I allowed that voice back into my space, oh my goodness. The rate at which it, 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 it reduced my level of enthusiasm for the things that I had been passionate about before. Anybody that tells you that spiritual things are not real, they are very real. They are very real. So I now realize that walking in the light is an intentional day-to-day decision. And that for some of us, depending on where we are with God and our own context and where God is leading us to, we really need to err on the side of caution. And I think this is a cautionary note to myself. And I shouldn't take the law into my hands and think that I can be wiser than the Lord or holier than Him. And if He tells me stay away, it's not for me to now be con- trying to make conciliation where God has not told me to make conciliation. In fact, this is God is protecting me from something that I myself am now willfully ex- exposing myself to. And He's telling me stay in the prayer place of prayer, do what you need to do from a distance, but don't engage. Don't engage. And He showed me the reason. I have even lived the entire reasons. Only that I didn't know, you know, the understanding of why it was happening or that it was, you know, what was going on was hidden from me. But by the time the Lord revealed it, I'm still struggling with, you know, coming to terms with what he's saying. But what I can, what is clear, even on a physical level, is that this is a toxic, there's something going on in this person's life. And it's evil enough that it has a way of contaminating one's own spiritual environment. Whatever it is that is going on, it's dark enough. It is anti-light. There's just, do you understand? As in, and I think I have to trust God and trust my spiritual instincts and not wait until, as in, it's like somebody saying, I want to see fire burns and then you now put your hand in the fire. Yes, eventually you'll find that fire burns, but you're going to be left with a scar. You may not even survive it. So you had better, the, the heat that you're feeling 
from the warmth of the flame should be enough don't go and say you really need to enter and see whether that heat is actually being caused by fire or by something else which i think is what i've been doing but i felt the heat and it was not an it's not a comfortable heat It's a pity the way, you know, I'm just like, anyway, I think it's only the Holy Spirit that can teach us these things. It's only the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to lean on Him. Because on the face of it, everything I'm saying to you, although there are are some physical, there are also some physical manifestations of what I'm saying. So it's not just 100% like spiritual, you know, there are very strong physical manifestations. But you see, the problem is when those physical manifestations come, not knowing what is at the root of it can make you misle- um, misinterpret what's going on. So you just think, oh, this person just has a bad personality or this person is just like this or just like that. Not realizing that there's a deeper, you know, purpose and a root and origin source. But anyway, the long and short is I need to press on and I need to realize, and this is what I'm also realizing, that when you are focused on a you are pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. You need to focus on the relationships and what is every other thing. The relationships, the knowledge, the wisdom that is helpful and relevant towards that prize. Otherwise, you will not attain. You won't even progress towards that prize. Another scripture that talks about that it says if anybody that is um, running that run like somebody who is running for to win a race anybody that is running a race does not look back they look at the track ahead of them I pray that you know I, I, I realize now that the battle of Christianity is mostly in the mind when the Bible says that casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God the battle place where spiritual warfare takes place is in the mind. Our ability, and that is exactly what Paul is speaking of in Philippians 3. When he says, this one thing I do, can you imagine him saying that the one thing that he does to press toward the mark of the high calling is not fasting, is not prayer, is not winning souls. He says it's forgetting. In fact, that is Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. Forgetting the past. Um, he's talking about mental you know, like, um, um, I don't want to say mind, it's almost, he's talking about, in fact, he's talking about, what's the word now? Uh, is it mental? He's talking about, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. He's talking about the ability to, 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 to take control of your mind. That's what he's talking about. There's a word I'm looking for, is evading me. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the ability. Because he says, forget the past. Is he, is, he, is, he, is he saying, forget the past just because I want to? know? He's saying, forget everything that is unhelpful. That is no longer relevant to the pursuit of God's plan for me. For the future. For the now and the future. And that takes... A, a, a whole lot of you know self-control and that's self-control in the mind because a lot of us we are, we are so caught up in the past and who this is who I am who, 
you know, whatever it is we achieved, who we were, you know, we, we carry, we continue to carry it on. But he says, I press toward. And I guess that's why he was very effective in his ministry. So he didn't bother about, you know, once he has done a piece of work, he's done what God has asked him to do somewhere, he leaves it where it should be. The only things that he, you know, he continue, if, 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 if that work is a continuing work, then it continues to be part of his future, so he continues to press toward it. But he doesn't, you know, carry on anything into his today and tomorrow that does not belong there. This is an amazing mental model. It's amazing. But then he's like that because he's pressing towards a prize. So he's paying attention to what God is telling him to pay attention to. He's prioritizing relationships based on what God is asking him to prioritize. It would make him look ruthless. Because what it means is that there's some friendships, there's some relationships that were very strong in the past that will no longer be, even when there is no um, evil or whatever attached to it, simply because it is no longer as prominent in the path and in the walk that God has called him to. It doesn't mean that he won't still relate with them. But on a day-to-day basis, he is focused. And that is why, and I guess that was, you know, that's why we have all these epistles written of him because he had to. Because otherwise, he he would be emotionally attached to churches that he had birthed, that he had handed over to others. He'll be getting involved in stuff he really had no business getting involved with. And I think that is where God is trying to lead me. And again, the devil will then create all kinds of distractions with those churches so that he would then get entangled in stuff that really, whereas God had another work earmarked for him. Because at the end of the day, we're all running our own race. We're doing our own personal journeys. But the worst aspect of that would be him now walking out of God's plan for his life. And I think what he's... There's so many messages in that passage because there's the forgetting the past, which is about making sure that I'm focused on that which God is asking me to focus on. The fact that he's pressing towards the mark means that he's also being led by Christ. So it's not him making the decisions about what is ahead. It's Christ. So what he's saying is, wherever Christ leads me to, that is, I'm focused on where Christ is leading me. So I'm not looking back. I recognize that I'm a pilgrim. I am a traveler. And I think, (coughs) excuse me, for me, this is so profound because I think many of us are operating as roots. I think that's what I'm also doing. I'm operating as a root. Whereas Jesus expects that we operate as travelers and pilgrims, as runners, as soldiers. Soldiers don't soldiers don't have roots like that, if you know what I mean. Pilgrims don't have roots. They stay for long places in a certain place, but they move. And this, you can, I'm not talking physically now. I'm not saying, what I mean is, I'm not talking about relocating physically. This is, not, this is about moving in the journey of life. 
in terms of the work we're doing, in terms of the focus, in terms of the relationship, in terms of where God wants us to be, what he wants us to be doing, what he wants us to be meditating on, praying about, thinking about, giving our time, our space, our effort, our influence, our hearts to. Yes, it has to be determined by where God wants us to be. I'll leave it at that because, like I said, this is me just reflecting on the word of God and how it's making sense in my life and a specific situation in which this word is illustrating to and showing what God that I need to focus. God has given me a lot of things to do and there's a clear distinction between the things that are part of that journey and the things that are not and he's made that distinction clear to me. It is not for me to now try to retrofit what God himself has not retrofitted with it. And I need to have peace with that. And trust God that those things ahead of me is enough. And that the things that are behind me that God has not translated to coming before me, there's a reason why he has left them in that space. I shouldn't seek to move them where God did not move them. I will leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.